ました Hello and welcome to SQA Historical Committee Podcast. My name is Joanne Boyd.、Um, I'm a member of SQA and involved in uh, uh, several committees Beyond Compliance,、uh, Historical Committee, and the Program Committee. Do a little bit with the、uh, medical device and the GMP. But、uh, I am here today with、um, Colin Brown. To learn about his experience and the roots of his QA and SQA.、Mm -hmm. So, I would like to start you off by asking when you became involved in QA and how you became involved. Well, I joined a contract research organisation in Scotland called Inverness Research. I started off as a trainee study director and became a study director, which I did for three years.、Um, The senior full time person in the QA unit left、uh, in 82, and I saw it as an opportunity to become a supervisor. So the interest was more in terms of promotional opportunity rather than QA itself. But of course, I joined in 1979, and on the 9th of April 79, heard about this thing called GLP for the first time. It was mentioned in my first meeting at the site.、Um, in those days, I believe that. There wasn't a huge difference between operations and QA because we were all in this together with this new thing that everyone knew had to happen. Everyone was enthusiastic about, but also slightly terrified. Everyone had this feeling that if, if a monitoring authority came in and found something wrong, that we'd all be shut down and lose our jobs.、Um, our company had been very active in recognising what was happening in the United States. And the first memo to say the company would work to GLP was written in August 1977. So、uh, when I joined, it was already quite well established. We had actually published books on SOPs, which was controversial because people said, how can, you, how can your SOP be any good for someone else? But people bought them because it gave them an idea of how to structure SOPs, and all they had to do was write their own methods in them. They were translated into Japanese and became quite a bestseller worldwide. So, being in operations in those days, it was, it was perfectly possible to become the senior full time member of the QA unit straight from operations because, because GLP was new and we were also involved in it. I did that for three years.、Uh, apart from the supervisory experience, the main other thing of interest was it allowed me to see the whole company. And our site was a very diverse site. Even now, It's diverse. In, in 2017, we have 920 people. We work all, across all the sectors. My QA unit is around 45, and、um, we, we do GMP, G, GCP, GCPV, but of course, predominantly GLP.、Um, and、uh, it's just been a great opportunity to know an awful lot about what happens in the business. I went into a kind of corporate management role. For eight years, I was involved with scheduling and planning,、uh, program management, and various things. And then went back to my original department as the head of toxicology in 1993.、Um, and in 1999, moved from that to head of QA.、Um, my first experience of an FDA inspection was in 1979.、Um, back in 77, the site. Thought an FDA inspection was imminent, even in Scotland. And、uh, so FDA were first, 1979. 1983, we had our first UK inspection from the Health and Safety Executive. 
and then the job that the government gave the job to uh, what is now the MHRA, and I hosted the first MHRA inspection in 1985. Of course, I was then out of QA for, for 14 years. I had been involved with the QA group, which was the forerunner of Barqua in the UK. Um, once I moved back to QA, I, I wanted to come to SQA right away. I could see the importance of, of, of the international side of the business. What's probably not always understood in the United States is the extent to which other, other businesses in other countries are truly international. So in Scotland, we had less than 1% of our business from Scotland, probably 25% from the UK, 25% from the United States. So we always, you know, that's just the way it always was. We, at one time, our, our largest market was Japan. So we were always very international as a business. My first SQA was in Chicago um, at the Palmer House, which I've always thought is a wonderful hotel, so that was great. Um, and as part of Charles River, the, 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 we became part of Charles River in 2004. Um, we, we were far larger as a research group than Charles River was. Charles River's main uh, strength at that time was as an animal supply company but they had one or two small American labs and they bought our labs, which were from Edinburgh and Montreal and, and were two of the biggest labs in the world. So that's when Charles River really started to develop as a preclinical testing organisation. And of course, Charles River has a huge um, compliance group, which for five years was headed up by Jim McCormack. And that was a, an interesting <laughs> thing. Um, as far as I, I would say, I feel I've been privileged to live through what I would call the golden age of the CRO. Uh, the CRO industry was a shoestring industry in 1979. Pharma was king. Ag agrochemical was king. Uh, the people who worked for those companies were involved in all of the national committees. They were the people who were consulted by the government. And we were regarded um, as relatively minor by comparison with those, those people. In the last 38 years, that has totally changed. The CRO business is now a major world business. Um, and pharma, of course, has consolidated and merged, closed many. Many of the, the most famous testing labs in the world have closed, and a lot of the work is now outsourced. So that I, I just feel that to be in that situation and to know it and to appreciate it at the time and realised that immense change was happening and to start in a company with 200 odd people, which was still quite big and important in its way, and now, now to work in a company with 11,000 people that plans to grow shows how the, the, the world has, has changed. Um, and at SQA, I've, I feel I've been very privileged there as well to be made so welcome in some ways, it's odd that someone who only came to the first SQA in 1999 should be of interest to the historical committee. But I guess, I guess my earlier experience and my involvement in, in GLP since its inception is, is, is a factor. Um, but coming to SQA, I quickly found that people were very willing to hear someone from overseas talk about what went on, on over there. There are still people who really don't want to know. They just think, why would we need to know what happens in other countries? But um, fortunately, a lot of people in SQA were very encouraging. Um, 
Jim McCormack and I had some some interesting discussions because, you know, he is he's very much an FDA man, and I, 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 although he sat in a lot of OECD uh, groups, he 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 felt that there were a bunch of people who, who didn't agree, and it was always hard to get agreement. But of course, that excludes the fact that the US is also an OECD member, so it's, <laughs> it's another contributor to That's that. True. And we often. We often had some some uh, discussions, call it discussions about that type of thing, um, and and being part of what is quite a significant group that has taken quite a leading role in SQA has meant that I've suddenly found myself knowing a lot of the the key opinion makers and and finding myself able to, if I can say this, influence things myself by getting getting That's certain true. points across. Um, most notable one was last year uh, when I was asked to do, no it was 2015 I was asked to do a webinar by SQA 300 odd people attended and I told them that EME had just put a hold on a study from a, a, a lab who had used a test site in the US that hadn't been inspected by FDA and basically that was being toughened up um, you know the, the, the US approaches you can claim compliance if you want to um, obviously you have to be found to be in compliance when you're inspected but in most other countries there are mechanisms that you have to be permitted into the system it's like a permit, a license really before you're allowed to do it and uh, you know there is this sudden har hardening of that that if a lab has not been inspected by FDA even if it claims compliance there's a likelihood that the data will be put on hold until FDA go and do an inspection I believe that happened. That that happened okay in that case, and it was resolved. But you can imagine the reaction amongst three hundred people when they were told that. Oh yes. And uh, I guess it's it's, you know, that makes me feel that I'm contributing something, because it does make a difference to people's perception. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, is there anything outside of that? That's pretty outstanding. So, aside from that, over the history of the years with SQA that you've had, anything else? come to mind? I suppose on a, on a, you might call it a trivial basis um, it's been great to be associated with the deviations um, uh, that hasn't pushed the boundaries of compliance at all <laughs> but well other than the fact that we hit all the wrong notes but um, no the fact that uh, in, in 2006 in Phoenix we had an industrial relation uh, no, an, an international relations re reception and it was much like those things always are we politely took along tea towels and samples of food from our countries and, and we all had a, a nice enough time, but it, it was just what it is. And then when it was in Austin, and, and I knew a few musicians, of course, that played in, in Austin, and I knew it was a music city, so that's when I suggested, why don't we form a band and just ask people out the crowd to come and play? And for that to happen it was just astonishing. We did it by the skin of our teeth. Um, we weren't very good, but there were four times as many people at the reception. And I think that is important, and that does, put, that does that have an good. impact on compliance. It's about, it's about team building, it's about realising that people can go and do things that aren't expected of them, and it brings people together from many, many different countries. Exactly. Um, and if we get, you know, Las Vegas was, was wonderful. I suppose when we had JSQA, 20 to 30 people from JSQA all on stage at the same time 
singing sukiyaki. That was a great moment. And see, that's that's significant networking. <laughs> that was, yeah, and actually, what was just something that comes to mind: comparing the signing of memoranda of understanding. That was really funny. <laughs> I was standing there with my kilt on and a black leather hat, and someone needed to make sure that people knew this was happening because there was the usual stramash going on out in the crowd. And I had to compare and say, you know, someone from Germany is now meeting with someone from, possibly from SQA. There were a lot of, I think there were three or four memoranda signed in Las Vegas. And uh, I compared that and I just thought, how can this be happening? It's, it's, just, it's just great. That is fantastic. I had, to, I had to tell the audience off quite a few times. They were a bit rowdy. They weren't showing enough respect. <laughs> And y'all are very, very good. And Rita was taught, we were talking about you. So Rita plays flute. Yeah. <laughs> We've been trying to get her to do that, but she doesn't think she can do Jethro Tull she's, stuff. She's actually considering a little. I think, she, I think she's, she's probably a very good player. My guess is she's really good. She is. I think uh, she is too. Yeah. So if you had to, uh, if you were speaking to a new SQA member today, what piece of advice would you give them? I, I would say to them, get involved. Join a specialty section. Be prepared to ask questions. Um, not not to be not just to be be a self-publicist. Stop short of that. But if you don't ever push yourself forward, nothing will happen. Greg Furrow wrote, wrote a wonderful article. The first time he wrote an article as president, and he spoke. I, I felt he wrote with great humility about being a newbie and looking at the people, the John Yerglers and, and the people who everyone knew and respected and thinking how great it must be to be like that and then one day being in that position himself. Uh, and, I th and I thought the way he wrote it was, was, was really great. Uh, and every new member that joins SQA could one day be president and they should think that That's way. True. They should be prepared to ask questions, to take an interest, to volunteer, and to do things for the society, because ultimately everyone benefits from, from that, including themselves. That's true. Yeah. Well, thank you. That was very insightful. I enjoyed it very much, well, and I want to thank you for joining us. And Thank you for allowing me to do this. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you thank very you. much.